0: Today's episode of the Gaucho 9 podcast is brought to you by our friends at Kyle's Kitchen. Check them out in Goleta and Santa Barbara, and also check out their new location in Isla Vista. Today we've got Jason Willow and McLean O'Connor, two veteran Gauchos who have been here for four years for a day in the life of the Gaucho. We'll talk about what it's like during COVID times and compare it to what it was like in normal times in their prior three years at UC Santa Barbara, and uh, we had some fun with this. These guys are, have great personalities, they're great leaders on this team, and they wanted to share their personalities with uh, the rest of you, so uh, we had some fun. This, this is good. Then uh, later on, David and Spencer join me to recap Game 6 of the World Series and run through the announcement of the MLB Awards, MVP, Rookie of the Year, and of course, Cy Young and our guy, Shane Bieber, getting... The finalist label, and we anticipate that he will be the American League Cy Young Award winner this season. So, we got O'Connor and Willow, followed by David and Spencer talking World Series on this episode of the Gatch Nine Podcast. Let's get to it.
1: It's one of the most beautiful views of any campus in America: the Pacific Ocean crashing against the shores of UC Santa Barbara every morning, noon, and night.
0: Here's the one-strike pitch, and Mitchell belts it to deep left. Cabrera is going to watch it fly. He strikes out the side for the second consecutive inning, and Armani belts
1: it to deep center. Gauchos are going to Omaha! Can you believe it? Here's the 0-2 pitch, and a curveball is swung on him in.
0: In the score is due. Here comes Mitchell. He's going to score, and the Gauchos are the 2019 champions! All right, on the Gaucho 9 podcast today, I've been looking forward to this one because we finally have players back on the field. We are almost two weeks in. Started two Fridays ago at Caesar Wasaka Stadium, and last week I had Coach Teggett's on talking about the restart, and we finally got some players on to talk about how stuff has been. So we have two out-of-state guys. Lo and behold... It's the two guys that are not from California on the podcast today. But uh, first from Pioch, Nevada. He is a shortstop. 5'10. You're listed as 165 here on the website. Uh, that's probably gone up over the yeah. past uh, six months, if I'm not mistaken. Played uh, 87 games as a gaucho. He's homered four times, driven in 34 runs, a 287 career average. And you got 20 stolen bases. And uh will most likely be leading the Gouges at shortstop this year. Please welcome the Gouch Nine Pod, McLean O'Connor. What's up, McLean?
2: Hey Kevin, how you doing? I'm
0: doing pretty good. What's uh yeah,
2: my my weight's gone up since three years ago when they took my weight. Uh <laughs> I'm still a short, little fast shortstop, but I've got a little stronger, got a little pop, maybe a little more pop than Louie now, huh? Louie?
0: So, there's two Louis on this podcast as well. The uh, the other one, he's a redshirt junior from Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. Listed as uh, six foot two, 200 pounds. A robust 200 pounds. 101 career games. He's homered twice, driven in 39 runs, career 248 average. 13 doubles, 9 stolen bases. And started as a third baseman, now playing in center field for the Gauchos, uh, Jason Willow. What's going on, eh?
3: Hey, doing pretty good, eh? You know that uh, stat line kind of stayed out of there, but that's fine. What do you got? To, what do you got to be ashamed of? Ah, uh, you know, I just I hoping to be better, but it's whatever.
0: Well, that's that's why we're practicing, right?
3: That's true. Yeah, Turn around your here.
0: How's uh How's practice been for you guys? Because you weren't part of the group that was cleared initially. It was only ten newcomers, and that's just because of paperwork and. And some of the stuff from student health coming in, it just takes time to get everybody cleared. But what was it like coming back to the field for you guys? Uh, Let's start with Dale.
2: Uh, The week leading up, or the weeks leading up, we were actually expecting to get on the field like three weeks earlier. So we we were anxious already. But the week leading up, we weren't expecting to get on the field until about Thursday or Friday. And we actually got on the field, I think it was Tuesday. And... I felt like a kid on Christmas. I, I've never been so excited to be on the field, to be honest.
0: <laughs> you guys, you guys showed up to the front gate as checking you in, you guys came in hot. You're like, let's go. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> right, Jason?
3: Yeah. I mean, yeah, the boys were fired up. It was a Thursday. I'll fact check you there, McLean. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was sweet. I mean, it was, uh, we, we were just waiting. I mean, we, uh, we were sitting at home, not doing much, and we didn't even think we were gonna get cleared that day, and we did. And right away, like everyone in our house piped up, and it was pretty sweet going to the field. Uh, I mean, things haven't been the same. It's been kind of weird with uh, all the all the COVID protocol, but I mean, it's good to be back, and, and something's better than nothing for sure.
0: Was it a was it kind of like a midday? You're cleared. You can go. It, it's not like you found out the day before, and then you could go to sleep and then wake up the next day and get ready. It was. You woke up, started your day, and then got the news like you can go to practice, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. We had a doctor's appointment in the morning that was a like uh was necessary to get cleared. And we and we didn't think paperwork was gonna get through that quick and within I think two hours we were cleared, which is pretty cool. So it was uh that was a pleasant surprise. We were dressed and ready like
2: two hours before practice too, just sitting out front waiting to go.
3: Yeah, we were just <laughs> taking dry, dry hacks in the front yard, huh?
2: Yeah. there's rules, no, showing up early to practice now. So we're just anxious.
0: Yeah, so the the purpose of of this is, is to get an idea of the day in the life of a gaucho baseball player. And things are a little different now, and we'll get to that. But really quickly, can you guys run through just what a typical fall day would be like if everything was normal, if everyone was going to class and we were full strength Uh, all that type of stuff. So like, start with when you get up, what are you eating? How are you getting to class? When are weights? And
2: then how long are you spending at the field with practice? I mean, it's changed a lot since my first year here. The freshman. well, I was a sophomore when I got here, but I was required study hall as well. And study hall for incomers is nine hours a week. So wake up, uh, eat some eggs. What
3: do you eat, Louie? Couple eggs, three eggs, some sausage. I mean, you were at TROP though, so yeah, I had breakfast in the morning. It changes a bit once you get out of freshman dorms, and it kind of depends because usually guys will have an early time slot of classes or a late one. So you're either going to class and coming home before weights, or you're you're leaving to class and then going straight to weights. So that's kind of a big, big factor of if you're gonna have a big breakfast before you go to class, or you're gonna have something small, go to class, come back, and then eat a bunch more.
0: So there's, there's been times where weights has been like first thing in the morning, like 6am, 7am, two different groups. And then it's changed, right? Where there's like one at the, you left at 12 or something. And then the position players are one day, the pitchers are a different day. It's been something like that, right?
2: Yeah. For the majority of time we've been here, it's weights has been at noon and pitchers go on say Monday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, position players, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. So, Basically, it's wake up, eat breakfast, class, probably two classes usually where we actually go to class, not on Zoom, and then go to weights from 12 to 1, and then practice starts about 1.30, so pack a lunch, have some food, and then from 1.30 to usually 5 we're practicing, and then from there it's shower, get your books, and go get your two hours of study hall so you don't got to get five hours on Sunday.
0: Sunday's the day off, FYI. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, usually, if there's no rain or if, if you have to reschedule something, usually Sunday in the fall is the off day when you get your rest. You can take your mind off baseball. and But in some cases, if you got to log those study hall hours, that's when you're getting caught up. So that, that's that's pretty typical. What what about on like a scrimmage day? Because we haven't scrimmaged yet this fall. We hope to soon. But in, in the past, we scrimmaged a lot uh, in the fall. Is the, the scrimmage schedule any different than a normal practice day as far as your guys' preparation, Jason?
3: Uh, I would say it's pretty similar. I mean, the practices are pretty long, just as long as the scrimmages. Scrimmages might go a little longer, but... I mean, the only thing is maybe if you got time, try and show up to the field a little early, get a few swings in, uh, get some cage work. Um, usually usually the, the scrimmage days there's not weights, so you kind of have that time to, to get away with, which is good. So if you need to get to the field early, work on stuff you need to work on, um, do that type of thing. But I don't know. I, I would say it's pretty similar for most guys.
0: So what about this fall? So we're about a weekend. And you guys were first introduced to Zoom classes back in the spring. Um, maybe you took summer class. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure if, if you guys no. took summer class. It doesn't sound like it. But you jump back into class. It's it's all online. And then, like today, for example, recording this on Wednesday night, you guys were the last group. So you guys did show up to start stretching until what five thirty?
3: Yeah. five thirty. 30. Yeah. So. Yeah. Put in perspective. I mean like we, yeah we sat around a lot today and like that was with I mean we studied all, our whole house kind of studied all morning through three hours which is like really good for us if you know us <laughs> <laughs> but I was like from noon to five it was like we were twiddling our thumbs you know we had a little workout in our front
2: yard some legs we got some some dumbbells. I don't want to tell you how big cuz they're probably too big for most of y'all but but yeah, I mean yeah, a lot of waiting around. A lot of usually we're at the field for 5 hours a day it seems like regular fall and now now it's like get there at this time, don't be early and get out of here before this other group gets here so we're not crossing paths with other pods and stuff
3: yeah, yeah. we were t- we were talking today like usually like the clubhouse is a huge part of like especially the fall like that's like the like you get there early because all the guys are just chilling in the clubhouse you stay later after practice too because you know tunes are bumping and everything's everyone's having a good time but like not having that and just not being able to hang around the field that's kind of, it's kind of it's super different and tough
0: because the ballpark now it's really become a place where you can there there are things available to you guys where you were willing to stay an hour after or just kind of this well and then you're hanging out with with your friends your other teammates there are lots of reasons to show up early or to stay late if things were normal and that's something that I did want to ask you guys about like the clubhouse life is really where things gel it's how you get to know the other players, the, the, freshmen, the transfers, it's, it's where you make those bonds with, with your teammates, you're the guys that are next to you and with your lockers, if you're, if you're locker buddies, like guys that like to hit together, like in the cages, like what's that like in a normal fall, getting in extra work, showing up early, staying late?
3: I mean, it's just, yeah. I mean, it's just more hang out time with your friends, doing something, you know, you love and enjoy and I think the biggest thing is I kind of feel for the freshmen because they're going to go through this whole fall not knowing it. You know, I mean, come come season, I know McLean's going to be, Louis's going to be shaking it down with this, and after a big dub in the clubhouse, pumping some M M&M, and M. But they aren't going to get that in the fall, and that's what's kind of bad. You know, it's I feel for them because that that is it's a big big part of you know growing the team and and kind of you know letting loose a little bit like that
2: even even living in living in Isla Vista, I mean you bike everywhere. And a lot of times between classes, you don't have time to go all the way home and then all the way back across campus to class. So I've I've had times where I'm just hanging out with teammates between classes in the clubhouse, just listening to music, maybe even doing homework and then going to class and then coming back for practice. So it's kind of it's kinda like another not home, but I mean, kind of a home, I guess. No, it's,
0: it's totally a home, right?
2: Yeah, it's a house, not it a home feels home. like a, it felt like a home. Like going there, I got my own little room. It's not a big room; it's a little cubby. But I got showers, <laughs> I got bathroom, snacks, couches, TV.
0: Talk about hand-eye coordination! There have been a lot of studies recently that playing video games, playing a, like sports playing the like modern warfare call of duty like that stuff really helps with hand-eye coordination it's it's a game that a ton of my friends play when i was playing 10 15 years ago it's been that long uh but we would come home and we would be playing nhl we'd be playing fifa we'd be playing call of duty madden like you name it we're playing it and it really it It feeds your competitive spirit and it helps you with your hand-eye coordination. And that fielding, chasing down a fly ball and hitting, like all that stuff is quick reaction, looking ball and glove, looking ball and bat. So you guys like the game, right? You guys are gamers.
2: Yeah, we're big gamers. Tell me about about the game. We're both wearing a headset right now. I don't know if this will be posted a video of us, but we have our gaming headsets on plugged into our computer right now.
0: So, what are your favorite games to play?
2: Uh, we're pretty much a trendy household. We, we, we got on Fortnite for a while, and then Apex come out. We run Apex for a while, and then and then Warzone comes out, and we've been playing that ever since. A bit. I haven't
3: stopped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we've been putting our hours in. I mean, it's been tough not having kind of the social aspect here in IV. So, I mean, our social aspect is just you know sitting down. And ripping it for a couple hours with the boys, uh, so it's uh, it's like a social thing too. But I mean, it gets pretty heated. We uh, we've oh, definitely true. had some fights within the house over little things <laughs> all the time over stupid stuff.
0: <laughs> well, it's it's the competitive spirit, right? Like, you guys are baseball players. You need that. You need that part of, of your life. Like that's how I got it in the summer was was golf. I needed some outlet to to compete, to have fun to to be engaged like so in the summertime, when you guys aren't lifting or finding a place to hit or play catch, like you guys are gaming and and battling, competing right and golfing <laughs> and golfing. I saw you on the course a couple times,
2: yeah, I wasn't there as much as you, but I was there way. Too many times for my bank accounts liking, that's for <laughs> sure. It's an expensive hobby. Very fun though. Challenging. Very similar to baseball, actually. Do you have
0: you have your see your family's got a big ranch in Pioch. You guys don't have a golf? You guys have a hole? Or no,
2: no there's a golf course in Pioch. <laughs> <There's laughs> no, I goal. don't know if I'd on call it property. On the property. No, 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 no. We oh, should. We should put a little we could put a par we could put a few holes. Have you been there, Louie? Yeah, I've been there. Yep. Yeah, you have been there, huh? <laughs> I brought a few, a few friends back for Thanksgiving and Christmas. I just don't know which ones I take to the ranch. But we could for sure put three, four holes on the ranch. You should. That'd be yeah, cool. It, the winter would just destroy them. So what?
0: What's what was uh, baseball life growing up in pioch Um,
2: growing up. I played seasonal sports. So when I was younger it was baseball in the like elementary school, it was baseball in the spring, I guess, basketball in the winter, and that's it. Are you I, playing I start...
0: is it like is it like within the community or are you playing like other towns that are in the
2: region? So there's four towns, there's three towns that are all within like 30 miles. And then there's one town that is, it's like a hour drive. So the four towns all had a team and that's who we'd play. And that's all we'd play. And then for all-stars, they would grab the best kids from all four towns and we'd go to somewhere in Nevada and play an all-star tournament.
0: And Pioche, it's like North East of Vegas, is that right?
2: Yes, it's okay. it's right on the Utah border. Um if you know where like Cedar City or St. George is, it's right in that area, but on the Nevada side.
0: Okay. And you played you went to play junior college at Lassen, which is in very northeastern California. So, can you tell us your path from Pioch to Lassen to UC Santa Barbara?
2: So I played our when I was a senior, we had a state tournament in Reno, a baseball state tournament, obviously. And we actually won the tournament, but their coach saw me there and he called me, and he talked to me and I was like, yeah, I'm down to play. Cause I wanted to keep playing. And that's how it was short, quick, went up there and the rest is history. The stars aligned and I ended up here somehow.
0: Somehow, well, who who brought you here? Because
3: <laughs> quite the description of the story there, Dill. <laughs> <laughs> nice and sweet, huh, Louis? Uh, I'm I'm curious
0: who so, who recruited you from from last one. Like, where did you get seen?
2: I got a call from Eddie, Cornejo, and said he was talking to some pro scouts in Northern California, and they're like, "Hey, do you know any shortstops up there?" and I guess he mentioned me, he saw me playing and I think Modesto or I think it was Modesto. And I, I thought I was, I went from high school where I was dominating like my league. I was way, I was a lot better than most, most players to last. And I wasn't doing as well. And I was very frustrated all year. So to get a call from him, I was like, I'm down. Like if they offer me, I'm going because I mean, this is opportunity I've been waiting for my whole life. So he, he talked to a scout scout, the scout recommended me. He called me called another coach that I played with in a couple of like random summers when I was in high school. And then we had a playoff game in the middle of nowhere, California. I don't even know where it was. But Neil, Coach Coach Walton, yeah, Neil Walton, he came and watched me. And then the next week I got an offer and I signed it. Now I'm here. Boom. Five years later.
0: Louisa Gaucho. (laughs) Yeah. Stars aligned. I I like that. So Jason, growing up in British Columbia in Canada, I have been there. Uh, It's beautiful. I played like in a summer league on a team and we went up there for like a week but you also played with the canadian national team uh, after high school maybe it was maybe it was during high school or right after high school yeah it was
3: during high school it was my last last two years my junior and senior year of high school
0: but so like so what's what's high school baseball like in in british columbia and how did you get to uc santa barbara
3: uh it the way it works in, in Canada is that the schools don't actually have a team. You just play for your club team pretty much all year. So it's it's simple down. And I don't know if that's due to numbers or what, but that's just the way it is. Um, but going through my path here, um, I, yeah, playing team Canada and stuff like that. I, I got the invite to Airy Codes, went there, had a really good tournament. Uh, talked to, I was talking to Eddie, and he called me after the first day big lowball offer came out hit the next two days a little bit bigger an offer which is good and <laughs> and looking at this place and narrowed it down and eventually you know I picked here and yeah the rest is history
0: had you been here before or did no, you find no. unseen
3: but being from, being from i mean canada i mean where i'm from it doesn't even snow people think it does but it snows like once or twice a year yeah very similar climate to Seattle, but I knew, I knew California was like the place I wanted to be cause just like the weather, you know, the good baseball teams, everything else about it. That's just like, what, what I knew I wanted, where I wanted to go. So, so, I mean, any, any school and anywhere cold, I just said no right away. So.
0: let's. Well, I mean, it's cold it was cold tonight,
3: it was cold, but a different the type of cold. Yeah, different. yeah. 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 Totally, totally different, different
0: type of cold. So you guys have both been here the same amount of years. You guys came in the same year. Uh, and you both played a lot on the 2019 Big West Championship team. Can you guys just break down something that you remember from that season? Like what the team was like? What made you guys gel? Uh, is, Jason, you were playing third base
3: yeah I was third that season
0: on yeah that year and 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 McLean you played I think you played in like 42 games something like that you were kind of all bouncing all over the place but what was that year like for you guys um breaking the or at least winning the championship for the school for the first time in 33 years and lifting that trophy at home on the last day of the season like what was that like McLean you want to start
2: uh, well, specifically, the day we won it, that was one of the best days of my life. Um, the jail part—I mean, I know we talked about the locker room earlier. That's how I'd explain it: is just our, like, our chemistry, the whole team's chemistry in the locker room, always having fun before the games. You'd hear us screaming in there. So before the games, I like to—I like to sit outside watch the other teams BP, kind of just hang out by myself, put my cleats on, hang out, go change my jersey, come back out. I'm not like a big music, dance, all that stuff. Until that year, I'd be out there and I'd hear just screaming, screaming, having fun. I'm like, I gotta go in there. Like, it sounds so fun. So I'd go in there and everyone's just having a blast. And that's just how it was. That's how we were. We just loved being with each other. There was no problems. Everyone gelled. We had a couple of seniors, uh, Kevin Chandler, a lot of experience, did a lot for us. And then us young guys just having fun. Kevin kept us on track, the old man, Kev. T-Row too. And T-Row, I forgot about T-Row.
3: Grandpa. Grandpa, yeah. Grandpa T.
0: Willow, what do you got?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I would say it was just fun. Like I've been, I think my sophomore year of high school, I kind of had the same thing where you know, we, we had a team where we knew we were good and we were winning a lot of games and like it was fun playing baseball with like that, that group. I mean, we, we would come in every weekend knowing that we were gonna, you know, beat the team we were playing. And even like in games, like we would be down five in the third inning and everyone would be still having fun and not freaking out in the dugout. Cause like we knew we were gonna come back and winning and win the game and, and doing that, like, it was so much fun. Like walking teams off in the ninth comeback, like we would just, Walk do, off, like, grand slam. Yeah, like we were toying with teams and it was, yeah. it was just so much fun. And we had such a tight knit group and a bunch of older guys who really did like truly took the the younger guys under their wing and showed them, you know, what it means to be a true gaucho. And yeah, it was, it was such a good year. It, uh, it didn't end the way we wanted, but looking back at it, it was just, I said it like probably seven times last minute, but a real fun year of baseball.
0: <laughs> so last year's team, 2020, it's hard saying last year. It's, it's weird. It's like, I don't yeah. know what year that was, but it was recent. Like what kind of magic? Cause Gouchers went 13 and two before the season was canceled. And it started to get this kind of feeling that the Gouchers were going to put up a lot of wins last year, but it felt a lot different. Like, I think mostly because it was – there were a lot of young guys. It was new guy getting a hit every game, and it was the pitching staff that was dominant. And it was good defense, base running, using team speed, those types of things. 2019, they had the the tall guys pitching on the mound, Ashwoods, the Brex, the Lincolns, like McGreevy, and everyone could hit the ball over the fence. And you guys had swagger. Last year's team was a little different, but there's still that kind of magic. What was the, what was the transition like, or what kind of feel did last year's team have compared to 2019? Because it was different, but you guys were still able to win games. And specifically, I'm thinking of the Oregon State series. Like, you guys won a game, or 6 nothing, where I think McLean had the only hit that the Cowboys had in that game, and it was like a two-out triple, something like that, like... What do you guys remember from the shortened season of 2020,
2: McLean? Right. To me, the teams, our talent was not similar at all. Our talent on the on the Big West championship year, we had a bunch of a bunch of guys coming back that everyone knew was going to be good. Monty, Tommy, T-Row, Yang, Lincoln, Breck, Dashwood, all everyone knew they were going to be good. And we we're gonna hit home runs. But the hunger, the hunger for both teams was the same. Because that team never won. Th- those kids never won. Yang, Link, Dashwood. Their years here were tough. So our hunger was like the hunger was there. And last year, new kids coming in, everyone knows they're talented. Our pitching staff's talented. Our hitters are talented. We may not hit all the home runs, and maybe we would have. I don't know but the hunger was there. So to me, it felt the same, but we just had a different, like
3: talent, we had different skills. Yeah. Yeah. I think we just won games different, you know, yeah. we knew how we were going to win games and- But the we hunger, knew that, the focus, yeah. all
2: that stuff, it was for sure there. And it felt the same on the field. Like during games, I don't think we're going to lose. Like we played UCLA, Oregon state three times. And I never thought we were gonna lose playing either of them. Same feeling that we had with the Big West Championship team. Yeah.
0: So it's it's mentality thing. Oh, yeah. Totally. What it sounds like there's a certain mentality that you have in your, your approach, your preparation, the trust that you have in your teammates. Is that something that is fostered within the clubhouse or is that something that the coaching staff helps bring out of you guys?
3: I think both, yeah. I mean I mean the coaching especially I mean the, the way that stuff's done here it's we don't do anything that you know we don't we win everything we do and check says that all the time and it, it truly means that and I think it's that's so you have to be I mean I know LeBron James he he probably never thinks he's gonna lose a game for the rest of his life because that's how you got to be if you're gonna be a, you know a successful player or you know successful team so I think that's just something that is kind of really we just strive for as a team and I think that's what what has made us so good the last two years. And that's what will make us good this year.
0: So the fun that you have where did the bike shop come from?
3: Oh the bike shop,
2: huh?
1: <laughs> bike <laughs> Louis,
0: shop. We've reached we've reached that point where we can talk about the bike shop.
2: <laughs> well where did the bike shop come from,
3: Louie? You know me and Dell live together. We got a couple other guys, but we call each other Louie and we got nicknames and stuff and i think one point last year within a week we had like four or five people bring bikes to us like hey can you fix our bike for whatever reason because there's a bike shop like literally two blocks down it's like what are you doing and i you know me and me and louis get greased up you know fix some bikes and send them on out and ever since we've just been calling our place the bike shop so it's uh it's kind of something that's stuck and we, we bought into it so we got a weird little so I
2: call him Louie and he calls me Louie, but no one else can call either of us Louie. Like, it just don't work. Like, my brother was here a couple months ago and he was trying to call us Louie. And we're like, what are you doing? Like, you can't call us (laughs) Louie. Yeah.
3: Yang always used to do that too. Yang would say, hey, Louie. And we'd both look and we'd be like, hey, you can't do that. Come on. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Like, if I hear Louie, I'm assuming Willow's talking to me. And if he hears Louie, he's assuming I'm talking to him.
0: Like explains everything, how, how tight-knit you guys are. You have your own nicknames for each other where someone says something, you know it's McLean. you know it's Jason trying to get your attention. Even though it's not like you guys are – you're not infield partners, you're not outfield partners. McClain plays on in the infield, Jason plays out in the outfield. Unless maybe there's like a a dying quail in shallow center – is you guys say like, Hey Louie, get out of the way. I got this.
2: Louis, this is mine. <laughs> <laughs> Vinny's coming
3: in hot. Watch out. You
1: go Ooh. high, I
3: go low. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's how it works anyways, you shorty. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just, I think if we spend any time with each other, we'd probably kill each other. Cause we, I think the time we spend on this is enough. Yeah. Enough as it is, but uh, yeah,
0: it it is a lot of time. but that that's the best part i'm still getting reconditioned to baseball it's there's been some long days these these past couple weeks like it feels great to be back out there and and like i'm stoked for you guys because it's you guys that were missing out
3: yeah yeah and it's tough though i mean that that those friendships and stuff, it sucks that, you know, you see that group at the field ahead of you and, you you know, you say maybe two sentences to the freshman in front of you. And it's like, you really want to make, you know, a bond with these guys and, and make those same friendships. And it's going to be tough fall, fall, not be able to be with the whole team. But I think as long as we come back strong in the winter, uh, we should, you know, we should be able to make those same relationships and, and bond that we, that we do as coaches usually. So. It's even tougher. Usually, usually we
2: checks gives us like a couple of weeks and then he starts testing us like he'll pick on a guy and have the whole team line up and be like, I want you to walk through and tell me everyone's names. <laughs> and obviously he's not doing that right now because of obvious reasons, but I'm, I'm still trying to learn everyone's names, but everyone's got a mask on. I can't even see their face. So I'm walking around calling returners. I'm calling them names that are freshman names and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like this is terrible. But I mean, it's fine. I'm still, we still try and like at least yell at the group in front of us from a distance and say hi and learn their names and form some kind of a bond to make them feel welcome. And, and I guess just have fun.
0: Well, the the two freshmen that are in your group, Damian stone and Luke Williams, I couldn't tell them apart for probably the first eight days because they, they're about the same size. they got the same color hair. I could only tell them apart when they step in to hit because Damian bats left and, and Luke bats right. And then in another group, there's uh, John Newman and Zach Rodriguez. Yeah, the
3: two boulders who look like <laughs> just
2: two stallions. They're huge. <laughs> look like they're made in a lab. Yeah, seriously. I, love them. I
3: love it.
0: Like, they've been hitting the cover off the ball, but – they both have like the same batting stance. They're both about the same height, same weight. They both different colored right hair bigger,
3: though. Different colored hair.
0: Different colored hair. Yeah, that's but a different it's, way. it's all it's all covered up when when they wear the gators. So, it's that's been the some of the challenges that we've been facing as far as the team chemistry. Which I'm not gonna say is thrown out the window because it's not. Like you're trying to develop some kind of chemistry. It's just the the COVID chemistry. So there's there's just a different. You know, we're trying to build a new culture this fall around the field. And uh, checks has done a great job scheduling everything out. Like everyone has been cleared and and we're working in groups and it's been pretty smooth sailing to this point And hopefully it stays that way. Um, yeah.
3: yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of schools in California who aren't even practicing. So, I mean, we gotta be thankful that we can just show up at least day to day and do do stuff, right?
2: Yeah, and you take it how you want it too. I mean, you could take it and be like, oh, we can't get chemistry because we can't even meet the new guys. Or you could take it like, I think this is going to be fun. Like, I don't even know who I'm playing with, but I don't care. I see him working before me, I see him working after me. Like, who cares? Let's go. And we sort of get to, I think I know every name from the guys in the group ahead of us. I think I know all their names.
0: It's just, just from shouting out. I try and I shout saying. them out, but. <laughs> Everybody knows who you are. Everybody knows who Louie is. So Louie short stack, you know, (laughs) shortest guy in the field right here. (laughs) Okay. Let's do a a couple of quick hitter questions before we leave. Um, So I'll, I'll ask the question and you guys just do a, a quick, you know, sentence, like one word or a sentence long answer. You got to right.
3: buzz in or anything? First one
0: in or what? No, just like, just say, <laughs> a, say
3: Louie before you go.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, favorite post-practice
3: meal. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, rice and ground turkey. <laughs>
2: uh, uncrustables and chocolate milk. <laughs> That's pretty good
1: too.
0: <laughs> have you, have you stocked your place with Uncrustables and chocolate milk? No, nope, love, I'm saving love- it
2: for the clubby. That's going to be my next Christmas after Christmas.
0: Well, if, for those who don't know, that's been the staple gaucho favorite you know, practice snack slash lunch slash dinner slash get it in before leadership slash uh, sneak one in in between rounds of BP, but Uncrustables and chocolate milk, right? We yeah, love that. That's
3: we love a, a go to. Yeah. yeah.
0: Pretty solid. Um. Let's see. Uh, Super Bowl pick for this year.
3: Chiefs. Didn't, didn't buzz anybody buddy. Kansas City Chiefs, baby. Let's go. Uh, Tom Brady.
2: Wow. Oh, Bucks. wow, Louie <laughs> That's bold.
0: People can't you know see it. In- Cam
2: Newton in the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> no,
3: come on. Uncle Vinny's mad about him right now.
0: <laughs> McLean, McLean does have his Dodger jersey on, and i you're a Chiefs fan. So there are two people that I know who are Chiefs and Dodger fans. My old roommate, Dustin Smith, who is from Lompoc and comes to the games. And you, McLean, you're a Dodger fan and a Kansas City Chiefs fan. So it's been a heck of a year for you so far.
2: Yeah, I'm loving life. Gaucho's next.
0: Yeah, why I'm not? a Bulls
2: fan, though, so that's not going too hot. No mm. raps, baby. Everyone calls. Yeah, and I ain't a bandwagon either, so anyone who
3: says that. Okay, buddy. Uh-huh.
0: Okay. Uh, Instagram or Twitter?
3: <laughs> Instagram.
2: Instagram. You don't even have Instagram. <laughs> I know, but that's why I deleted it, because I liked it too much.
0: Uh, Ferrari or Lamborghini? Lambo, Lambo, really? Yeah, both sure. Lambo guys.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Wow, Lambo okay. just sounds cool. No, the car, buddy, not the word. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: matte blue or shiny blue batting helmets?
3: Matte Matt blue.
0: blue. Mm. Okay, because Gaucho's don't have. Actually,
3: them. actually, I like matte blue on the road. I like shiny blue at home. Ah, okay. I like matte blue all the time.
0: Okay. Uh, last one: Should the Gauchos make a throwback uniform, and what would it look like? I'm
2: not
3: gonna no, no, no. Not a not a throwback, but the guys are always talk
2: a tropical Isla Vista says Isla Vista on the chest. <laughs> Maybe even
3: a black one.
2: I don't know, but you something could do cool. you could do baby blue and a yellow and like a bright yellow gold. You yeah. could have it black with baby blue and bright yellow Isla Vista or something with some palm trees. That would be awesome. Mm. Yeah. Baby
0: blue and a bright yellow. So like, a, like the old Denver Nuggets home uniforms, that's basketball, but yeah, the, the Rays had some baby blue and like neon green going
3: yeah, no, that was minus minus it wasn't, on the socks. Really no. I'm
2: thinking like the Miami Marlins, their black unis that just have some like bright blue and orange outline, but Isla Vista with some palm trees.
0: So, so we're talking alternate, not a throwback, an alternate uniform. Okay, I can get on board with that.
3: Maybe even a new home jersey. I don't know.
0: <laughs> okay, you guys, you guys work up a mock and uh. And, and present it to the coaching staff because I could be on board with that.
3: Okay. <laughs> Put her word in eh?
0: Okay, that'll wrap it up. Day in the life of a gaucho and then a whole lot of extra stuff. But I mean, I think people get the basic gist. So that's the position player version. We'll do, we'll do a pitcher version because I'm sure it's different. Pitchers are a different breed than than position players yeah they just sit at home and stare at a wall <laughs> <laughs> but uh that's jason willow and McLean o'connor uh Ooh. keep an eye out for them this year in the field wearing the gaucho blue and gold uh thank you guys so much and uh good luck with your studies and we'll see you at the ballpark
3: thanks kev
2: thanks kev louis and Vinny are out signing off baby go clean some bikes on huh, Louie?
0: All right, David and Spencer are here to wrap up the World Series, and we will also get to some of the Major League Baseball awards, the finalists being released this week, and uh, one of our guys, Shane Bieber, on that list. So we'll get to that. First things first, let's talk about Game 6 because, well, I think baseball is happy that it's it dominated headlines for a couple days. In the midst of NFL and pandemic and everything, it was there was a lot of baseball going on because it was a great series, and then I guess this game will be remembered as the Blake Snell game. Blake Snell dominating the Dodgers through five and a third, and he's only given up one hit at that point. He had struck out nine. He was just rolling. He had about 70 pitches, and then he gives up a single, and the Rays decide to take him out. So let's break down some of the analytics of that, um, because some of the numbers were shocking. It really is. Uh, David, you want to start?
4: Yeah, just as, we, as things kind of surfaced uh, in the days after that decision from Cash, um, we saw sort of how Blake Snell performed second, third time through the lineup versus the first time. So a lot of people make the argument that hitters have seen a pitcher more times. And so they're going to be more successful the more times they've seen him. But the numbers last year and this year actually show that Snell is statistically better that third time through the lineup than he is the second time through. So he had already faced those top three hitters, struck them out six times in the two times he had faced them. Um, and so maybe there was some stuff going into the decision that was like, ah, it's the third time through, but, um, kind of, kind of puzzling when you look back at the numbers and just trying to make sense of everything.
1: Well, I was just looking forward to seeing what they were going to do that third time up against him because it was over 6 6 Ks I believe. He it wasn't like it was just, you know, him you know, getting executing a couple of good pitches and swinging over the top of a couple curveballs or something like that. They were up there guessing Uh, they probably I'm sure they did their homework um, and did everything they could to prepare for Snell Uh, they had already seen him once and it looked as if I mean in that sense you're seeing him for the fifth or sixth time that series and they were up there guessing Um, he Kevin like you said he was absolutely carving Um, and Blake Snell is the kind of guy who's got the mentality of Hey, this is my game. If I win it, I win it. If I lose it, I lose it. But don't let me go out on a question mark and have somebody else kind of answer that question for us. Um, and that's, as you can see in a lot of the videos, a lot of the recap, Blake now was visibly upset, but just a wild, a wild decision.
0: Yeah. So some of the numbers they bring in Anderson who had given up a run in his previous six appearances. And he's a fastball thrower. He throws sixty four percent fastballs. And the first batter that he faces is Mookie Betts, who hit three fifty-nine against right hand fastballs in two thousand twenty. And lo and behold, he gets a fastball, doubles down the line, starts the two run rally. It was one to nothing raise at that point. And Mookie he's the worse. He's worse the third time than the third his third at bat than his second at bat. Uh, throughout this year and the previous year. So some interesting things uh, that came about statistically since this is a statistical segment. Good, getting my S's there. Uh, But my, my take is that in the postseason so often, when you think about memorable postseasons, it's teams riding their horse, riding their pitcher, to To the end, you think of Madison Bumgarner with the Giants a few years ago. You think of Oldest Chapman with the Cubs in '16. You think about some of the best names that have won big playoff games. It's you stick with your guy if he's hot, you let him go, and that's the argument from the baseball traditionalists. So, I'll I'll just let that be. I mean, it's we're just observing from the outside, but it's uh it was certainly fun to watch and unfortunately for myself and spencer david came out on top because he did pick correctly dodgers in six he didn't get the mvp betts certainly made a case in that last game because he got the double to start the rally and then he homered to seal the game in the ninth but seager won the mvp uh so tilly finishes with 11 points i had nine because i did pick the dodgers and spencer you missed on the world series you finished with eight So, with that being said, let's get to the MLB Awards, because Shane Bieber, the favorite to win the American League Cy Young, is among the Cy Young finalists, along with Kenta Maeda of the Twins and Jin Ryu of the Toronto Blue Jays. On the National League side, Trevor Bauer is the favorite to win the Cy Young for the Reds, then Yu Darvish of the Cubs, and Jacob DeGrom of the Mets. So that'd that'd be pretty cool if you got two Southern California kids from UC schools, Santa Barbara and Los Angeles, winning Cy Young's this year. But a lot of great names on these lists, uh, including Jace Tingler, who is the head coach for the Padres. His assistant, you know, first assistant is Skip Schumacher, who was on this podcast earlier this year. Uh, They've done a great job with all the talent that they have in San Diego. And I'm sure the Padres will be making noise down the line. So we want to congratulate Coach Tingler and Skip and their staff on that uh, honor of being a finalist for Manager of the Year. Any other names you guys want to pick out from this list?
1: Uh, well, I would just real quick like to mention, I mean, like you said, Shane Bieber is the favorite for the American League Cy Young. Yeah. Um, Santa Barbara kid, and we're really rooting for him. We were rooting for him all year. If you if you look at some Cy Young predictors online, um, a couple of them take into account every single pitching statistic that you could possibly imagine. Um, and then it's, it's a point-based system for most of them. Shane is, is leagues above the rest, and the people who are in second and third get extra bonus points for being um, champions of their division. Um, the Indians weren't a champion of their division so Shane doesn't get the points and he's still miles miles ahead of these guys so like you said the favorite um, statistically and he recently was announced the the players uh, the MLB Players Association pitcher of the year Um, really big accomplishment because not only is um, you know this as the Cy Young comes out that's kind of a Stats-based decision. Um, this is all the players saying, "Hey, you were awesome. You had a great year. It was tough to face you. Um, you succeeded in, in all those aspects, and and uh, you you deserve this. So, congratulations to Shane for that award. Um, hopefully, it's not uh, the only one he's getting this year.
4: Yeah, just to pile onto that, like Spencer said, it's a little bit more of. I don't know, you feel a little bit more accomplished when your peers are voting it rather than people who aren't necessarily playing the game. So congrats to Shane on what is most likely going to be a Cy Young award. Um, And then beyond that, you know, just looking forward to seeing some of these guys who are, you know, first time finalists, um, potentially their chance to win an award. It's kind of a, a big deal for guys and this whole season has been kind of chaotic. So it's cool to see um, some fresh names up here in different leagues with Mookie moving across or um, some of the rookie of the year candidates as well are definitely exciting to look forward to with the face of baseball.
0: Yeah and then for the National League MVP I think Freddie Freeman if, if Betts ends up winning it and because the Dodgers went out and won the World Series but if if Betts doesn't win it, I think Freddie Freeman really deserves a lot of credit I mean he he was sick at the start of the year he there was a lot of press around him because he had covid and he was de- feeling the effects and then he comes out and has a dynamite season for the braves who won the national league east and then on the american league side i mean jose Abreu was lights out dj LeMahieu with the yankees was excellent and then shane's teammate jose ramirez the candidates for mvp in the american league moving forward if Shane does win, which I think I think we are crowning him Cy Young <laughs> Cy Young winner on this podcast, uh, but we hope to have him uh, back on the pod uh, at some point. Um, on the field, the Gauchos are, are a couple weeks into fall practice. It's been going uh, fairly well. Uh, in my opinion, the, the staff has been crushing it, uh, especially you two guys. Um, it's, it's been a great relief to be out on the field. Uh, it's fun to get back, and it's been hard work, and we're looking forward to uh, the next month of fall ball before we get into winter break. That being said, next week we will have on a couple of pitchers. I believe Chris Troy and Michael McGreevy. I haven't finalized that yet, but most likely it will be them. Uh, we want to thank Jason Willow and mcclain o'connor for having some fun on the pod uh this week and then of course we want to thank our sponsor kyle's kitchen and ucsb analytics for all the breakdowns of uh shane's season the other gauchos dylan tate and Kyle nelson as well as uh, all the analysis that we put in for just the this shortened baseball season and exciting postseason so david and spencer we want to thank you guys for your work and uh we'll have you on the pod i'm sure some point in the next couple of weeks. Sound good.
4: Sounds good.
2: Sounds great.
1: Kev.
0: All right. That'll do it for this week. And, uh, stay safe, go vote. Uh, tomorrow is election day or today is election day. Uh, NCAA non, uh, non in season and our non in season teams all got the day off f- to, uh, to vote. So that was pretty cool. That was, Something I was reading about it, I think it uh, was decided in June. In-season teams have non-mandatory workouts. Non-in-season teams have, uh, have the day off to uh, participate in the election, which I think is being a history major and following this current election and been reading about other elections, uh, pretty cool. That we're putting a lot of focus on this one. So get out there, go vote, stay safe, go Gauchos, and we'll talk to you next week.